Hey, we are going to come around the Word of God right now. And uh, hope you're enjoying just chilled online service that we're doing today. Uh, it is, I guess, slightly different, but uh, we're still worshiping. We're still coming around the Word of God. You know, it is, it is the new year, so happy new year. Hope you had a, a fantastic Christmas season into the new year as well. Uh, I've just got to say, mention as well, you know, when, when John used the word kick it over to Pastor John, I know it's been probably three weeks or so since, since England were, were kicked unceremoniously out of the World Cup, but I still get triggered by the word kick. So uh, if you could just remember that in future, boys, that'd be great. But happy new year. We are about 10 and a half hours into the new year. And uh, just, you know, thinking about what is, what's, what is the new year? Many people do New Year's resolutions to, to eat less chocolate. I'm not really sure that that's a, a great New Year's resolution, probably one that he will commit to. Uh, so good that he's actually taking, you know, some responsibility and, and making reasonable goals. But uh, not, a great, not a great one to, uh, to make a, new, a resolution around. But last year... 2002, we decided that we wanted to uh, we wanted to sell our house in the UK. Well, it had been sold, but we wanted to buy a house, put our roots down here in in Canada as well, and uh, and you know. For, one of the big reasons was when I retire, I don't want to be homeless. So <laughs> having something to live in is always a useful thing. But buying a house, I don't. It, to me, it's a lot less stressful here in Canada than it is in the UK, that's for sure. It, there's a lot more hoops to jump through, a lot, more, a lot more money to spend on different things over there as well. But it's very, very stressful. And we went through a whole heap of emotions as we, as we began to sell our house in the UK. Many of us, uh, many of you that know a bit of our story earlier on in 2000 and uh, I think 2000, I keep forgetting the date when we moved here 2022 was it we moved so 2021 we put our house on the market things fell through and just it was such an emotional roller coaster and uh, and uh, you know we got to the stage where it was like will this ever happen and it wasn't till the day that D Imani and I were already in the country here in Canada, but Dee and Judah got on the plane. We had a firm offer. People wanted to buy the house. And it was like, whoa, what on earth? But everything seemed to fall to pieces at certain stages. And, and to be honest, it felt like at times that we'd written it off. You know, you, you, you reach the highs of getting an offer and then the lows of it falling, falling through. And we could have actually written off the hope of buying a house here because of the circumstances that we were facing back in the UK. And it reminded me of, of a song um, Natasha Bedingfield sung many, many years ago. And it says this, I am unwritten. Can't read my mind. I'm undefined. I'm just beginning. The pen's in my hand ending unplanned staring at the blank page before you open up the dirty window let the sun illuminate the words that you could not find you see as we are at the outset of this new year the reality is the journey is unwritten the year is unwritten for all of us if you were writing a letter if i was writing a letter at the end of 2023 what would you 
What do you think you would be writing over the year? How would you think that the year had unfolded? I'm not sure how I would start, as many of us would as we, we think about the year in front, but how would, you write, how would you write the year looking back over the year? Well, it's been a fantastic year and things have been great. You know, it hasn't all been up, but we've come through the year well. Or would it be, well, it turned out just as I expected. It was a disaster. You see, we, we write different things over the year because some of us have already made up our minds how the year is going to be. And we are just 10, 11 hours into the year. And we've already made up our minds this is what the year is going to be like because 2022 was a disaster. Or 2022, it was so difficult for us. And, and to be honest, I've got to say, 20, a lot of 2020, 2022 for us was a really tough year. But am I going to write that over 2023? Because I just look back and think, well, it's going to be exactly the same. But the year is unwritten. And I want to, I guess, challenge us or ask us, have we written 2023? Have we written off 2023 already? Have we written ourselves off in it? Or have we written some things off? Have we written off a relationship because of past experiences within the year? Or maybe because of mistakes or even because of your age? Maybe you've written off your finances because of the debt that you're facing right at this moment. Maybe for some of you, one or two of you, you might have written off life change because of a criminal past. Maybe because you've your age, you've written off your ministry. I'm too young. I'm too old. I've got too much going on. And you've already written your ministry of 2023 off. What about writing off a fractured relationship with your child or your spouse or your parents because of the things that have happened? And you've written that off already. And I would say we can become distracted and lose focus because of what we write into our year. And I want us to think about that at the very beginning of your year. As we begin the pages of this year, the question to all of us, the question to myself, but to all of us is, not what is our New Year's resolution, but what's our focus? Is it our family? Is it, is it employment? Is it our studies? Is it our church? Is it education? You see, all of these are actually really, really good things to have some focus. But they shouldn't be the primary focus of the year as we think about and as we begin to write into 2023. What will we pursue and what will we focus on this year? Because the wrong focus can have devastating consequences. You know, the old saying, you've put your ladder, you've climbed the ladder of success, but you found it's against the wrong wall. See, the wrong focus can bring some really devastating things throughout the year. The more we focus on ourselves, the more problems we have. And, you know, we are told, yes, we've got to have some focus on ourselves and have some time for ourselves. And that's not wrong. But if our sole focus is ourselves, then we're going to have a problem. Focus on the wrong thing and we end up in the wrong place. Quite a few years, quite a few, 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 many, many years, I've got to say. Many years ago, I was offered a job, and it was my dream job 
to work in a water ski school. And I was offered the job to work in, at that time, a ski school that was the best ski school, water ski school in Europe. And my boss was the, uh, the current, or the, sorry, the, the current at the time uh, British water ski coach. So I was offered this job to work there, and it was my dream job. But the problem was that I was focusing on the wrong thing. And it actually, for me at the time as a, as a young guy, led me down a dark path uh, and, and actually led me well, well away from Jesus. I saw this quote from Lily Allen, who uh, still is a singer, a songwriter, and she says, she says this, I feel like when I was growing up and dreaming of being a pop star, it was in the days of Britpop when things felt authentic and I, and I, and I, I can't say this word, anarchic. And people were taking drugs and having a lot of fun and having sex. It wasn't fake. It was real. So excuse me if I found out it was a bit disappointing when I arrived and it was a bunch of sterile, botoxed idiots that stank of desperation. You see, from where she was as a young person, seeing the stuff that was in front of her, it felt so authentic, so real. But in reality, things didn't get worse. It was the problem that she had was that she had the wrong view of what others were doing. And when she got there herself and tried it, she found it was shallow, unsatisfying as everyone else did. But the perception that she had, the image that people were putting on was that it was an amazing life. But it was shallow and unsatisfying as everyone else had found out it was as well. Focus on the wrong things and it will choke the life out of you. Jesus tells a parable. And I don't, I'm not going to read the whole parable here, just one verse. And many of you will have heard this parable before. The parable of the sower or the parable of the seed. And the, the sower goes out and sows seed on different grounds. And Luke 8 verse 14 says this, The seed fell among thorns for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. You see, Jesus was saying, even though some people take in the seed of the Word of God, there's so many distractions, so many wrong focuses that they begin to focus on the other things of life, and that chokes the life of the Word of God. And people can come to Christ, and they take their eyes off of Him, and they walk away from Him. So what's the right focus? Philippians 3, 7 to 14 says this, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this, 
or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is head, ahead. Natasha wrote the words, reaching for something in the distance. Paul used stronger words, pressing on, laying hold, not yet apprehended, reaching toward, pressing toward. All of these active, uh, moving forward phrases, all action words, to press on, to take hold, to strain forward. You see, in saying that, Paul was also saying that everything that he'd accomplished in the past, everything that he'd taken hold of in the past, all, his, all of his advantages, he realized that it was worthless because he'd had his eyes on the wrong thing. He climbed the, la- the, the ladder of Jewish and, and Pharisee success, but it was actually, the ladder was actually propped against the wrong wall. And what he's saying in these moments is, from this moment, from this time, from this encounter with Jesus, my eyes are going to be on Jesus. In my success, in my hardships, in my failures, when life is easy, my eyes are still going to be on Jesus. There's an old song that some of you will remember. I love this song. and The words are, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Paul is saying in the Bible there, in the scripture that he wrote, leave behind what is behind. And that can be difficult when it's your failures or whether it's your successes. Sometimes both of them can actually be hard to leave in the past. But Paul is saying we need to leave them behind as we press forward. You can't hold on to what is the past and strain forward for the future. So what is our focus? The storm or the one who walks through the storm with us? See, Peter, in the account of Peter walking on the water, was an incredible story. It says that he took his eyes off Jesus. He began to look around at the circumstances, took his eyes off Jesus, and began to sink. The more we focus on Jesus, the more our problems and our circumstances are put into the right perspective. They don't disappear. The storm didn't stop till Peter actually got back in the boat. But the storm and the circumstances of our life are actually put into the right perspective when we keep our focus on Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Here's the bit. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What are we so worried about, about this coming year? When here it says that that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith, He's the one that's writing the story. He's the one that walks through the storm with us. He's the author and the finisher. And as we know him, we become more like him. So how do we, how do we become more like him? In Ephesians 4, in the message version, 11 to 13, 
it says this. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor teacher to train Christians in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. It says that there is servant work within the body. We work together for a mission. We're called for a purpose. You see, church isn't just an event. It isn't a meeting that we go along to, a program that we're involved in, even a small group that we attend. It's, it's a community that forms us into the image of Christ. Rick Warren, who is a, an incredible American, or still is an incredible pastor in the U.S., said this, Jesus did not die on the cross so that we could live comfortable, well-adjusted lives. His purpose is far deeper. He wants to make us like himself before he takes us to heaven. This is our greatest privilege, our immediate responsibility, and our ultimate destiny. You see, we become like Christ. As we work together, and sometimes it's, it's working out the difficult issues of life with, within ourselves. We, we see people that we don't get along with, yet we work alongside them within the church community. We don't walk away from that. God has often called us into that person's life to walk out, work out the issues in our own life, to rub off on each other, to, to become more like Jesus. And so we, we become more like Jesus. We get to know him as we, as we do servant work within the body. We also know Christ through his word. Reading, not just to, to get through, you know, and I'm, I do reading plans. I'm involved in, at the moment, reading the Bible through, through a year. But we don't just read the Bible to tick off the little boxes on our version reading plan. We read the Bible to become more like Jesus, to know Jesus and to become more like him through his word. We also know Christ through his people. One of the problems is, is that when we look at people, we don't look for Jesus in them. We look for the problems in them. And we often see them, or we always see them. But what, what I would, you know, reminded of is Paul said to Timothy to imitate him. To, Timothy, to imitate Paul has as he imitated Christ. And I'm sure that Paul had problems in his life that Timothy shouldn't be imitating. But Paul is saying, look for Christ in me. Look for the, the Jesus in me that you see in me. Maybe ignore some of the other stuff, but look for the Jesus that you see and imitate that in me. See, the problem is, is that when, for my role as the pastor, if you, if you follow the John in me, you're probably going to be disappointed. But if you follow the Christ in me, you won't be. So this year actually is unwritten for all of us. This year, one of the things that I want us to write, to commit to writing over our year is to keep our eyes on Jesus. And as, as we keep our eyes on Jesus as a community, I fully believe and I have faith to believe that people with mental health problems will be able to begin to live in wholeness, health, and freedom. Does it mean everything will disappear? No. There is a process that we become more like Jesus. We'll see those that want to be married will find themselves becoming the right partner rather than just waiting for the right partner. We'll see family relationships restored. We'll see addictions healed. We'll see peace where there's been anxiety and depression. You know, earlier on, 
we sung and declared that Jesus is our waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, and light in the darkness. Do we believe it? Is, it? is it just a song that we sing and then we move on to the next thing? Or is that what we're writing over our year? Is that our declaration over this year? You see, when we write Jesus over our year and allow him to write our year, we're not dismissing the difficulties. We're not saying bad things don't happen to good people. We are saying he has more power than our circumstances, than our difficulties, than our ill health, than our debt. We're putting Jesus in the right place. We're saying, like the apostle Paul did, my grace, his grace is sufficient for us. Yes, we've got plans, we've got events scheduled, but the story of the year, the narrative of the year is still to be played out. It will only be played out well if we keep Jesus as our primary focus. We have all the other things, our work, our family, but Jesus has to be the center, our focus, our primary focus for this year. I don't, as a pastor, and as, I guess, a neighbor, a friend, I don't want to introduce people to church and have nicely run services or poverty-releasing programs. I want people to meet Jesus, the life changer, the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. I don't want to write off my year because of what happened last year. See, I want to write the name of Jesus over our families, over our needs, over our mental health issues, over our addictions. We write the name of Jesus. I want the author and finisher of our faith to write over our year. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that as we stand at the outset of this year, a year still written, but you know the beginning, the end, and even the middle of this year. And God, I pray that we would, we would call you into every moment of our lives, into every issue, into all our triumphs and all our tragedies. And we thank you that you, you are the author and the perfecter of our faith, our relationship with you. Amen. You know, as we do in the room. I want to put out a challenge to people that have maybe never made a decision to follow Jesus. There's going to be a, something on the app, the, uh, the app to, that you're able to say, put my hand up or I want to follow Jesus, whatever it says this time. But I want to call you into relationship with Jesus, call you into that place of, of forgiveness of sin, call you into that place where Jesus is bringing new life into your life. And so you're, if, you're, if that's where you are, whether you're uh, doing it for the first time or, or coming back into the family or maybe as a young person saying, that's me. Wherever you are watching this, I want to set the challenge that you say yes to Jesus, yes to his love, yes to his grace, yes to his forgiveness. And if you do that, I want you to hit that button or maybe, maybe talk to someone in the room right now or give someone a call and say, hey, I made that decision to follow Jesus. And if you've done that, let me pray with you right now. Dear God, I come to you now on January the 1st, 2023, and I give my life to you. At the very outset of this year, I want you to write over my year, and I want to write your name over my year. I ask for forgiveness of my sin, and I ask you to be Lord of my life. From this moment forward, I am now a follower of Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, if you made that, I just want to congratulate you. Made that decision, I want to congratulate you. And it's going to be a fantastic year. Why? Because bad things won't happen? No. But because we have strength in Jesus. And he is in front of us. And he is our focus. So I'm going to hand back to the boys now. And uh, welcome to the new year, boys.